Welcome to episode 10 of 115 Miles. In this episode, Josh and I talk about reaching number 10, which for us means we are official podcasters. We explore some memories for when we were 10 years old before heading into the aftermath of the right-wing riots in London at the weekend. On the topic of race, we dive into whether Winston Churchill statue and old British TV shows should be removed. We then talk about heroes this week, namely Patrick Hutchinson and Marcus Rashford, before we dive into our usual reasons to be cheerful. We hope you enjoy. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture and everything in between. See, it worked. <laughs> Josh, welcome to episode 10. Happy birthday episode 10 yes mate 10 we're here we made it Does, wh- when do you become official podcasters by the way what number podcast 10 all right 10 yeah, cool yeah, yeah so we're official podcasters official mate official i dress for the occasion i see that you didn't <laughs> <laughs> what because you've come in your ollie mershi ollie mershi from 2002 mate it's 2020 now what's i'm bringing denim back mate <laughs> you don't know what i got jeans on as well <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. No, you haven't. No, everyone's wearing shorts on their bottom half in this in mate, today's I, world, mate. I, I'm very set up now, so I'm not going to move, but I've, I've definitely got jeans on. What, denim jeans? Obviously denim jeans. Yeah, mate, denim <laughs> jeans. What, the same? Are you no. seriously rocking double denim? Yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, fair play, mate. Fair play. It's 2020. You, you be who you want to be. Authentic. Be your most integrity, authentic self. Be my best self. <laughs> Unleash my superpowers. All the, all the Mavericks unlimited mottos in one. Um, so I thought 10 episodes in, it, we should mark it with a specific kind of conversation. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to go back to when you were 10 years old. Okay. Right? And I want you to uh, share some memories, a memory or two memories uh, from when you were 10 years old. So seeing as I just landed it on you, yeah. I'm going to offer you the chance to either go now, if you can remember what you were doing at 10, um, or I'm happy to kind of just start the flow. Uh, mate, I want you to, I think I want, you to, I want you to start. I need to think. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give my age away now, but I was, uh, uh, I was 10 years old in 1989 and there were, I have two... Uh, two memories that kind of really popped out straight away. One was good and it was fun. One was just, just. I remember even being struck at the time, and it's just still, you know, stays with me. Um, so the first one, nineteen eighty nine, was the summer of Batman, the Michael Keaton movie, Timber, and you know, it, the world went Batman crazy. And I remember being in the playground and I was collecting cars and we had doubles and. We were trading. I just remember my entrepreneurial instincts were coming out back then. You know, you give me, you give me, you give me five for this one and da da da. Um, but yeah, I was so excited about it coming out. I had the cards, the toys were coming out. The world was going crazy. And then I didn't have anyone to take me to see the movie. Um, so I had to like, I had to beg, I had to beg basically this uh, 
this cousin to, uh, you know, because everyone wanted to watch it with their mates and stuff. No one wanted to take a 10-year-old, but yeah, I watched him and, um, with, with him. And it was, um, yeah, it was amazing. What a brilliant movie. And it's always stuck with me. Um, the second one was, um, you know, there's an iconic image of a man in Tiananmen Square standing in front of the tanks, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that was the summer of 1989. And I remember seeing it. I, I remember seeing everything that was going on in the news, but not really paying attention to it, you know. But I just remember uh, the image more than I... Obviously, they weren't going to show that footage. I don't think they showed the footage. I just remember the image. And I just remember what... what, what, what there was just unrest. And I didn't know much about it, but just that, that image has just sort of stuck with me in, in, in my head. So those are two things I remember from me being 10 in uh, 1989. Um, so what about you? It, do you know what? For me, it's, it's, it's a little bit different because when I was 10, it, was, it, it wasn't a good time for me, really, in my life. So I'm sat here thinking I don't want to sombre the mood by, by bringing it down. So I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll tell you what year it was. It was a bit of a different year to your year. <laughs> no, no. 2000. It was 1997, One. 1997 when I was 10 okay. years old. That was the year I left secondary school. <laughs> <laughs> when you were saying all this stuff about 89, I was thinking, mate, I'd just been born. I was, I was, I was two. Um, so, yeah, 1997, when I was 10 years old, um, my, like my mem- you've got to understand that my memory of anything but before 15, 16 is mainly traumatic things that happened to me and not very good. But when I, I reckon when I was about 10 years old, what year are you in at school at 10 years old? Like year five, what? isn't it? Year five oh, school? It was, it was even called different things back in the day. Yeah, was, like so junior school. I was just about to go into first year yeah. of secondary school, the, the following some, after that summer. So I'd probably just moved to my a, a new school. So when my dad died, I was nine, about nine years old when my dad died and then we moved across town to a different school and I started this new school and I went from uh, uh, a multi-cultured school where we didn't wear school uniform or anything like that and we used to celebrate every single faith and religion uh, we would do like all of it and I went from that school to uh, a school that was much more of like a Christian school where you had to wear a shirt and a tie and stuff like that and uh I remember getting into the football team, mate. And, uh, it was called Grange School with Mr. Barrett. Mr. Barrett was known locally as being a little bit of a hero with the young lads. I think he's passed away, by the way, now. Um, and, yeah, that's when I football really started to become a real meaningful and passionate thing for me because Mr. Barrett sort of really believed in me as a football player. He got me uh, trials at Swindon Schoolboys. And... Uh, he taught me the infamous, infamous in my footballing ability, if in doubt, put it out. And that's about as good as my footballing ability has stayed to now. If in doubt, That's, that's put your it out. game now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hoof the ball out. Just hoof the ball out, mate, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's good. What a nice way to start. And a nice, yeah, yeah nice memory for me to have. It was all downhill from there for the next few years, but... We're here now, eh? You made it through. I'm here now as an official podcaster on the 10th episode. 
Mr. Barrett has a, you know, we've got a lot to thank him for. Oh, a lot he, to, obviously. listen, mate, that's why now I'm Marlborough Town in my veins, Marlborough Town legend as a, as a result of what Mr. Barrett taught me. Brilliant. Brilliant. And He's we used to wear, our kit was yellow top and green shorts. Oh, like Norwich. No, like Brazil, mate. Norwich. <laughs> 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 you weren't even taking the mic then, either, was no, you? No, no, no. Oh, d- uh, <laughs> is it green shorts or is it blue shorts? No, yeah, Brazil's blue shorts, isn't it? No, they used to have green, though, innit? When, like, back in Pele's day. Were they green? Yeah. You, you, you're not sure, are you? <laughs> I'm doubting so myself. you're more like Norwich, aren't you? I'm doubting myself a little bit. All right. Okay. Um, another week in, you know, another week in. World's a bit weird in 2020. Look, Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, and a lot's happened, mate. Like, I've been, you know, you're not talking about that sort of emotional roller coaster. I feel like I've been on that in the last week. So we spoke last week. Was it Thursday last week we recorded the last episode, right? Yeah. yeah, it was. So then we went through last weekend. Now, over the weekend, I feel like I've sort of evened my kilter back out now. But but over that weekend, do you remember? Do you remember? It was like, it was a heavy weekend, mate. And I was like, yeah. I think it was Saturday or, yeah, Saturday when all the far right were rioting in London, right? And some of the stuff that you see online... It's really like I found it really hard to deal with and process because I know that difference of opinion is good, right? And you know you don't want to live in an echo chamber, and yet you know we I think we do have a problem as a nation where we've lost the ability to disagree with somebody and still like them and have different opinions and still like them. But but when it comes to race, it's different, isn't it? And you know to have some people that you kind of respect and think highly of seeing some seeing them and like oh my god you're posting that shit do you know what I mean um so yeah I think like emotionally I went for a bit of a roller coaster but uh I, like I say I feel like I've leveled out somewhat since the weekend now I mean we we talked about this didn't we I mean we were we were we were texting through Saturday I found I'm normally a very upbeat optimistic hopeful person I found mm. Saturday really difficult yeah personally I found I found it very difficult to watch what was unfolding in London um, you know it just is a stark reminder if you're not white of of the of the hate that you face yeah like if I you know if I'd have walked into that crowd you know I wouldn't have walked out in you know in the in the same way unscathed Mm. You know, it's just obvious to me. And and I think the thing that uh, really, like, it's, you know, we've talked about this. We know there's racists, we know there's far right, we know there's n- neo-Nazis and all that stuff. But for them to be compelled enough to come and m- make, take, take a stand. And it was, you know, we know that there was, you know, there was other elements and there was football hooligans who were so frustrated at not being able to <laughs> because of lockdown they won't be able to they weren't able to fight that's just basic what they went to do mm. get pissed and fight um but it was just it was just it was very difficult i found it i, I was I, you know i said to you didn't i, I was i'm really struggling today but like you i've I, you know i've come through the back of it then you see you know you see the positive responses and actually one of the things i want to talk about a bit later was 
one of the moments from 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 that weekend that I think was just so powerful. Um, um, but yeah, it's just an, a reminder of what we have to face. You know, there's mm. there's there's a lot of um, overt racism that that came out on Saturday, but then there's a lot of people who didn't go there, but would probably be nodding their head going, yeah, protect the statues, you know, protect the flag, protect the statues, all that mm. stuff. And, uh, and I, and I think, you know, you know, one of the other things that really pissed me off was just the way that the media reported what the fascist thugs were doing, mm. the police response to it compared to the, the police response and the media response to Black Lives Matter. Mm. Um, and, you know, we sort of expected it and knew it, but they didn't make enough of it, the fact that Black Lives Matter decided to, you know, um, do the more responsible thing mm. and stay out of the trouble and not, you know, and, and it was a it was a powerful mobilisation and it just wasn't celebrated. No, and, uh, and even the fact that, they, you know, a lot of the media sort of portrayed it as... Um, they called them counter-protesters. And let's get it straight. They weren't counter-protesters. They were people writing. I'm telling you now that the main majority of them were football lads. 90% mm. of them were football lads that went down for a fight. Mm. Like, without question. I've got, I got no doubt in my mind that that's uh, what the main part of it was. Now, there's a real... Takes one to know one, eh, Josh? Well, it does take one to know one. But this is the thing, right? So, this week, I've started, you know... At first, I was, I'm like, really opposed to it. And I'm like, I'm always opposed to it. But like, at first on like the Monday, I was a little bit going on social media and thinking, come on then. I Like, I, I remember a couple of people on LinkedIn that I had seen that had been really vocal about, you know, the first. And, and I, you know, the way I am, some of the posts last week, because you know on LinkedIn, some of the people weren't people that I was connected with, but they show up in it on your on, on, on your thing. And there was like one guy that come up and he he, he was like really hammering the some of the overspill from the Black Lives Matter protests, um, you know, and saying how disgusting it was. And I was like, I've gone on his profile and I thought, well, I'll have a look at his posts because if he... And that was the first thing that he had posted about it, yeah. And then... Uh, he popped back up on my LinkedIn again. Somebody's obviously liked one of his things this week and I've gone back on his profile and I thought, I need to see if this dude's as upset about the weekend, right? And nothing, he's not posted anything. So I was a bit like that in the week where I'm like, come on then, where are you? I wanted to call everyone out. And then I sort of have come to that more thing when I go a bit deeper. And I think why, I ask myself, why have we got so many people in our country that so heavily connect themselves with somebody like uh, Robinson, Tommy Robert, Tommy Robson, Robinson, um, why they connect themselves in this far right way, why they think they're going to protect statues that most of them probably know nothing about. Oh, actually, I think his name's Stephen Yaxley Lennon. That's his name, isn't it? Yeah, because he's made, yeah. he's given himself a special name. Doesn't make he? him sound, uh, you know, like a not right wing enough. Doesn't make him sound right wing enough. Yeah, what's his real name? S- Stephen. Uh, Yaxley Lennon. Uh, he don't like the Yaxley, does he? That's what he's worried about because mm. he's far right, so he wants to be more English. Anyway, so then I'm like, what I want is change. What what I would like to see is change. I don't like to see what I see. Why do I see it now? What I'm about to say in no way justifies 
anything of what we've seen. Um, it's about trying to see things for what they really are. And I think a lot of what we see coming from the right side is a reflection of how much we have taken away from young people's services over the last 10 to 20 years. The cuts that have been made and what you've got is loads of traumatised young, particularly boys, because it was men that was there mainly, young boys with no one to connect to, they get themselves lost in life, they become full of anger and hate and then they attach that anger and hate to, um, you know, they need something to feel proud of so it's like, yeah, I become proud because I'm proud of being Great Britain because they've got nobody, no loving adults in their lives to connect themselves to in a proper way. And then they find themselves in that far right attitude getting, um, you know, that they get extre become extreme in, the, in their views because somebody like Tommy Robinson picks them up and uses their vulnerabilities, their hate to attach it to something. So it's not to it's not in any way to justify it. I think it's sickening and it's disgusting. But it does that we come right back to, to, to education here and supporting our young people better. And and you wouldn't you know half of them people wouldn't end up there. I do believe that. I think there's a saying something like, uh, something like turkeys preparing Christmas dinner. Yeah. Have you heard that sort of saying before? Yeah, you know, like the notion being that, yeah, you know, having fun, let's make Christmas dinner and it's the turkeys making it. And then mm. at the end, you know, they get roasted and eaten mm. um, with some gravy. Um, <laughs> I just have to throw the gravy. Can you imagine turkey without gravy? Oh. Um, but the the thing about what's, what's going on with those you know, young men mm -hmm. is they're fed by the media, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, they they are instigated and they are poked and you know prodded towards having those views, and then you get people who just uh, are you know are trying to build their own self importance, ego, power. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, Nigel Farage did it. Um, uh, Tommy Robinson, you know, you've got people on the left as well. You know, it's not just, you know, right. It's just people jump on this stuff, right? Mm. And um, and then what happens is they go wading in, right? Because their sources, their sources of information are quite, you know, minimal, right? Mm. It's not varied. They're not wanting to or prepared to kind of take a wider perspective. Um, and then uh, and then they and then they go wading in, and then and then the the media kind of you know, turns on them. So it's kind of like, you know, it, it's all, it was always going to happen. Mm. Um, I think that there is some truth to what you're saying, right? You know, it's not justifying it. It's just identifying some of the reasons why some, there is this, this feeling, but the, 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 you know, the villains are the ones like the media who, yeah. who do it to, to drive their sales. And the villains are also, uh, the ones like you know the people that the, the preach haters, right? So it'll be it will either be the people like Tommy Robinson, or on the other side it will be you know the imams who uh, stoke hate amongst young British Muslim men mm. um, that causes them to go and get kind of um, 
you know, that they, they, they sort of take what is, you know, pure from the religion and turn it into evil and hate, right? So it's not just far right, you know, people do it. Yeah, and, extreme and of any kind. Extreme, yeah. exactly, yeah. extremism. And then they, and, they, and they lead them there because th- th- they are impressionable and they need something to, to take on. Um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely truth to the, the cause of it. I, I think, though, as a, you know, all of that understood... Uh, you know, to see it to see it live was 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 pretty pretty d- difficult. You know, in London, my my hometown. You know, like uh, mm. you know places that I have, you know, grown up ar- uh, around. It was just you know that you you can walk past people and you just don't know what what feelings they harbour, and that's an that's an interesting concept. Yeah, and it, you know, it must have been horrible to watch that, and, and you know, some of the stuff that I see you see online, particularly when people talk. There's a lot of like white people referring to, like saying they. Do you know what I mean? Like as 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 making like lumping everybody together, and then there's this. I saw some people saying, you know, they're worried about the violence here, but what about the the violence in their own country? Because they're so far removed, they think that any black person or brown person or whatever is not English, right? Mm. And that you know that that's. Some of that stuff that is willful ignorance as well, but it's also education, and it goes even deeper in what we're taught, right? And what we learn about Great Britain. Britain has the word "great" in front of it because we invaded and pillaged the rest of the world and took it over. And so, when you go back through different eras, a lot of like people not everyone, but a certain generation of like 60 and over really attach themselves to the fact that we are Great Britain, right? We Nobody can take us. We're the strongest nation, all of that kind of stuff. And so what's being exposed is some of the dark nature of upon which that's built. And some people are feeling like their identity is being ripped away from them, particularly if they're having that identity pushed through them if if you've grown up through generation after generation of family that 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 lacks in authenticity and knowing their true self and identity then they create and attach to identities and a lot of people within britain and particularly england attach themselves to we are great britain yeah and we're great because we invaded all the colonies and took them all over yeah and we don't want to face that you look at the Churchill thing, yeah? You, what you'll notice is a lot of people in England, they want to forget the darker side of Churchill. They don't, they're like, we can't forget our history, we can't erase our history, he saved the world and all of that stuff. And they don't want to hear about the, the, the ugly stuff that he did because it takes away a part of their identity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. And so they won't look at the nuance. They won't say, you know, they won't hear people that are saying, look, we're not saying Churchill was did all bad, he saved you know, everyone from the fascists and all that stuff, but let's look at the truth. And when you look at the truth, there was the dark side and people don't want to do that, right? Because it because they identify with that with that notion of just being inherently great. Um I, I I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I just um I don't know um whether uh Churchill um harbored and communicated racist views or did he actually take steps to 
embolden those into actions. So, like, did did, did he have racist policies? Uh, yeah, didn't, did he, wasn't a load of people within India killed because of him? He had them all killed and raped and pillaged. I didn't. I didn't. Know I, I'm that. not. I, 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 I can't be a hundred percent sure on that, but there was there was something that I've seen online that's saying that he. Uh, I'm going to try and ch- in in a certain year he had uh, a certain part of India um, killed or something like that. Like he he did a load of like pillage and all that stuff over there. Oh, oh, when he was obviously responsible for a you know part of uh, uh, you know government. Yeah. See, because I, because I, I, I've seen, I've seen things where he has talked about, you know, master races and inferior races and things like that. So, you know, yeah. it's, it, it, there's, there's evidence to point that he had a perspective. You know, I think I was going to ask you, do you think? So let's, you know, we'll we'll have a look into that, right? And 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 maybe you know talk about it next time. Um, but do you think his statue? should be removed um i think what i have to say is that i don't care enough either way that's my personal opinion um if you pushed me to give you an answer do i think his statue should be removed um no probably not if you if you gave the decision to me probably not however like like we've just highlighted, I don't know the full story. I just did a bit of Googling while you were talking and he, he did talk about hating the Indian race um, and thinking that they were, you know, a ghastly religion. And he did believe that a lot of people were born as slaves to um, serve the superior race. So when you sort of say that, like I've just said that, then it doesn't sound very good, does it? But he did lead... World War Two, right? Which which took us to freedom, and I don't think that could be ignored. But then I've always put up the defence of I would bring him up again, somebody like Jimmy Savile, who did loads and loads of charity work, but he was what he was, right? So you kind of dispel all of that with him. So if it was left to me, I would not take his statue down because I think it's there because we are free because of what he led. Okay. What about you? I, want to... I don't think it should be taken down. Yeah. But but let me caveat with you, like you, I don't know enough. So let me say that you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna deep dive into it yeah. before we come back next week, and then you know we'll we'll ju- you just ask me again next week. But right now, we are talking about statues, and we're not talking about the right things. We're not talking about what matters. Every minute we start talking about statues, we're the conversation is going away from the important stuff about change, about people's experience today. Um, you know, I think what happened in Bristol was, uh, yeah, I, I applaud that, I'm happy about that because yeah. that was a celebration of oppression and shame on Bristol Council for not doing something mm. uh, about it. The people had to face it, you know, and so, because and, and, and the city's infrastructure was built upon the profiteering of slavery mm. and then celebrated. So mm. that had to come down. So what my understanding coming to this was, um, you know, that uh, that Churchill had some f- uh, significantly racist views and obviously he led 
the world to victory in World War II, and that's what he's celebrated for. Um, and he is part of uh, Great Britain's fabric, and there's a lot of pride in it. So the minute you start to try and pull that down, you take the conversation completely away. Should mm. he? Should we talk more about the atrocities or his views? For sure. But the minute you start to try and pull down something that is so strong in the middle ground, you start pushing the people who are in the middle ground to the to the right. The yeah. people that are sitting in towns up and down the country are going, how dare they do that? I side with this side. Mm. And we're playing into their hands. Mm. Right now, we should be having the conversation about how do you end systemic racism? Yeah, exactly. For people, for black people and people of colour. Yeah. And actually, we're talking about boxing up, you know, you know, statues. I'm not. I'm not saying that the the feelings behind it are not important. They are, but the minute you start trying to pull down these sorts of things, you just start to create a conversation that you just don't need to. Exactly, and this should be about people at the end of the day, right? Not a statue. That's why you know when you first asked me, I was like, I don't really. It wouldn't. If you told me it had been torn down, it, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. And if you told me it was staying up, it wouldn't bother me either. But what I do care about is people, you know, and let's bring it back. When we were texting the weekend and you said, I've had, a, you know, I, I don't feel great. I'm turning, I'm turning the news off. That's what I fucking don't like. Whatever's causing that, that's what I don't like. That's what I want to not happen is good people. And I just use you as an example because you're one of what would have been millions, right? Good people feeling like just because of the colour of their skin that they feel down and they've got to turn the news off in their own country. That's what we should be talking about. And I think the statues is, you know, it's just, a, it's a stupid side story really mm. that's irrelevant. However, what I would also add on that is the fact that we've just had that discussion like we did and, and, and you know, we both don't know the full answers to what Churchill really did yeah. uh, shows that, 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 that we need to do some more digging ourselves right and understand yeah. and learn that yeah but and but then i would also say that you know we should be taught the truth when we're younger and we're not we're not taught the truth i did this i think i brought it up before but i, did, I, I listened to red red jamoa um do his talk and it, that was about bias and stuff and when he you know when he was explaining the stuff on there right down to the map and how Great Britain's put in the middle of the map when it's not in the middle of the map and it's made bigger than what it is and America's made bigger than Africa on a map when it ain't bigger than Africa and all that stuff, right? Right down to those subtleties, we should be taught the truth, right? Not not a version of the truth that keeps white people as the um, the ultimate race, which is what happens at the, the moment, certainly. Well, the, the challenge is you'll never get alignment, right? That Because someone's version of history is always the other side of the other person's version of history. Yeah, so if you wanna, if you if 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 a Western version of history is victorious and and it makes countries bigger, um, then there's the other version of history as seen from the other side, right? Mm. So whether you take a more Eastern focused version of history and a Western, there's there's always going to be dispute. So I think we've got to understand it all. Yeah, you know? but there's always facts. Yeah, there's always facts in it. It's always facts. So we, you know we should always be presented with with the facts. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned good people on Saturday. All the good people that were affected um, yeah. by what was going on. I wanted to pull out someone who I thought was an extremely good person. His name was Patrick Hutchinson. 
Yeah. You know who he was? The guy who is, pulled out. I say? The guy yeah. who pulled out the the right wing pro the right wing rioter. Yeah. Pulled him out of the crowd, right? Yeah. Speaking him. of, we spoke of iconic images earlier of the man standing in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square. I think uh, one of the iconic images that um, has emerged from the last few weeks is is Patrick picking up an EDL right wing fascist thug that was probably going to get killed, right? Probably, certainly going to get severely beaten because him and his idiot mates rushed a crowd and then he fell and they left him, uh, which says a lot about that loyalty. Um, And Patrick Hutchinson picked him up on his shoulders and walked him to safety into the arms of the police. Now, I understand this idiot has still not thanked Patrick Hutchison. So deep is his hate um, that he hasn't, really? even, yeah, he hasn't contacted him. That's what I read yesterday. Um, but what was what was brilliant about what, you know, and it wasn't just Patrick Hutchison, by the way. He was the, he was the one that obviously moved, um, uh, moved uh, the, um, uh, the, the person to safety. But, um, it was his friends as well, mm. and they had all made a pact to um, to support their um, to support their. Uh, sorry, that was just my my boy just came in and out. Um, <laughs> so you that was brilliant. And you were I, I was just like, oi, the old arm oi, get went out. up to the left of the screen. <laughs> um, that was brilliant. Um, he just he sort of froze for a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was Patrick Hutchinson that carried him out, but like him and his friends decided we're not going we're not we have to protect our people. We have to stop this kicking off. Um and uh they went in with the most powerful mentality which is we're going to we're not going to get caught in it. We you know, we're going to keep an eye on what's going on. What was amazing was and I wrote this on a friend's post um on on uh, a friend's uh, Instagram post. Uh, ben Lindsay, who I also uh, did gave a, a shout out to on LinkedIn yesterday. Um, he, he, um, in that moment of chaos and anger and uh, like massive, like uh, massively high, intense feelings, you know, humanity prevailed. You know, care, common sense prevailed, and he picked him up and he and he took him because you know this guy would have been severely hurt. But also, if if this guy would have been severely hurt or even worse killed, then it would have t- it would have turned so much negative attention onto Black Lives Matter mm. that it would have changed the narrative, would have changed the story. And so, what was what what he was able to do, whether it was intentional or unintentional, was to keep the focus on the right things. And and then you know and finally as I said in, in in my response to the post, it just they just made a fool of themselves. These guys, they like these uh, EDL idiots and these football lads. They they basically started drinking. They got into fights with each other with the police, and they lost the PR game like total. Muppet. There were some terrible scenes. Did you see when they broke into Hyde Park? Yeah, I did. And there was just yeah. like a load of friends sat around having a picnic and they like mm. kicked all their stuff and was like shouting at them to go away and stuff. Mm. I could have told you they were going to do all that. I think I said mm. last week, they'll go up there. I said, they were, it was a bit worrying that they'll all turn up. You did. And I, and I, I remember we talked about, it, I was like, oh, Tommy Robbins can only ever get a hundred people together. No, I, you know, I, I had a feeling, I had a feeling that 
based on the fact that football lads, because there's something called the Football Lads Alliance. Anyway, can I just bring us back? Like, because yeah. I want, I don't want to talk about them. No, and, and good, I know, you're right. uh, you know, you're I want right, to talk about, right. I want to talk about Patrick Hutchinson. Yeah, and what yeah, a hero he was, um, and his friends were for doing what they did. What, do you think he did the right thing? What in carrying me out? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I do think he done the right thing. Yeah, and I think that you know the fact that most of the Black Lives Matter people stayed away, didn't they, originally on the Saturday as well, when they knew that all them people were going to turn up. I think they absolutely done the right thing, and and it really highlights that Black Lives Matter is a movement that's based around a cause. It's not just a a, a group that want to get together to have a tear up. It it was. The Black Lives Matter have a cause and they're following that cause and they're seeing that cause out. Yeah? And I that's why that, that picture is symbolic of that. Right? Yeah. That's the way that I yeah. do it. And it was a banging yeah. picture as well. Because so he good. proper looks like a... I don't know, mate. Like he could be like a super... It looks like a, out of a film, isn't it? It looks like yeah, a... Yeah, he looks like a superhero. Definitely, he does look man. like a superhero, mate, yeah. in his face and everything. And and and, and the the... the the guy on his shoulders just looks like a total mess of a human. So it's just, you know, <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect uh, image. Um, so uh, what else is, um, what else has sort of surprised you this week? Uh, can we talk about another good person? Yeah. Who, who, by the way, happens to also be black as well. Yeah. Marcus Rashford. Oh, yeah. Mate. Legend. Mate, there's a double-edged sword on that, though. The positive is the fact that he's done that, and the yeah. negative is the fact that he's even had to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but for him to do what he's done, you know he's raised 20 million since we went into lockdown for, like, a charity that he set up himself that was mm. to help feed feed hungry children because he knows what it's like when he's younger to be hungry. Mm. And, uh, and then he wrote an open letter to Boris Johnson and... You know, it what was, was the reje- first reaction to the letter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was rejected. And so, did you? I want to talk about this quickly. Uh, you know, I I feel like I always bring up the negative. Uh, but Katie Hopkins, everyone knows who Katie Hopkins is, yeah. She uh, she tweeted. I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know if I get it exactly right. Uh, Dear Marcus Rashford, do you not think these women should have thought about whether they could afford to have children before they had them? Um, you can pay for their food if you want to, but I don't want to. Thanks, Katie. Just to point out, wasn't it like wasn't it interesting that she just blamed the women? Yeah. What was that about? Yeah, I don't know, but she definitely it definitely did say mums. I think or the women. I'm, I hope I'm right on that. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but I'm sure she did. Um, now, what a disgusting statement to make, right? Mm. But I want to point something out. I think it's important to point out. And it's going to sound like a dig because it is a dig, but I think it's a worthy dig. Uh, Boris Johnson agreed with her. Because originally he rejected it. He said no. And why else did he say no? What's the re- what, whatever reason could there be for him to say no other than he thinks, well, they don't deserve it. They should have thought about it. You can say money, but he's found the money. So the money's there. And what, what was it, hidden behind? Was he found it down the back of the TV? He didn't care enough about it. He did not care enough about it 
right? And so he basically, we, we can all jump on the thing of hating Katie Hopkins, and I think we should because she's an idiot. But, but next time you go and vote, right? You'll think about that when you vote. Because Boris Johnson agreed with her. He did agree with her. And that's what's really sickening, is the fact that he made a U-turn, which is so it's good to see a U-turn. I'll be the first to say when a politician changes their mind, that's what we want. We want them to listen to the what, public. What, what do you think was the reason that he changed his mind? Because of backlash. Yeah, because he didn't... It's not suddenly grown a conscience and he cares about it. And you know, you know another thing, when he turned that letter down, you know what he was in the middle of having done? His plane, you know about this? Yeah. His grey plane, he was having it painted up with the Union Jack on it. Because he didn't like it being grey. But he was going to let kids go hungry during the summer. Yeah. That That's mental. That's mental. Um, but listen, Kate Hopkins got loads of stick on Twitter. And it was quite nice yeah. to watch. Well, de- I mean, deserve it. Um, what do you think of Marcus Rashford? Well, I think he's an absolute legend, mate. I think he's an absolute legend for what he's done. Um, I think he epitomises what a lot of footballers are like, by the way. A high percentage of footballers are like. It just doesn't get reported. I think footballers get a bit too much of an unfair stick sometimes. Um, well, it's, it's interesting you say that. Um, firstly, I think you've pulled that, <laughs> that stat out of thin air because you just don't know, right? Like, you, like you, you just pulled it out of thin <laughs> was air. It a like, stat? I suppose I don't, I don't, it was. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the, 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 I don't know about the high percentage, but I do believe that there are um, they are they are misrepresented in the media as being flash boys who just spend money, and there's some good high people. So, for example, um, uh, Jordan Henderson led, you know. Uh, uh, the kind of the campaign of captains to raise money for frontline workers on the NHS. I know you're smiling because you know I want to get a Liverpool player in because I can't get <laughs> and it I hate Jordan Man United, right? But you've got to give him credit for that. Now, what I would say is working class lads, right? And what's really powerful is that they haven't forgotten where they've come from, mm. right? So I think, you know... There's something there that you, it doesn't matter where you kind of end up. There are some people that will never forget where they come from. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really powerful. But what is really clear about Marcus Rashford's experience is that it really formed who he was, mm. you know, like it really. And and he seems just like a very humble, decent human being. He does. Um, yeah. Because he went about, you know, that that money he raised, the charity, he did it very quietly. He didn't make a big deal of it. And I think he does a lot of work. And so you do have a lot of footballers that do a lot of work in the background. Sadio Mane, I know I keep talking about Liverpool players, but... Oh, mate, give it up, mate. I'll bring up some Swindon players, shall I, that do a lot of charity work. There's no good things about Swindon players. Um, No, but listen, the point is... about Jamie Carragher, shall we? Spitting in a kid's face in that time out of the car. Remember that? You want to talk about that? Why would you... Why would you have to bring that up? Well, because you want to keep talking about Liverpool. No, I, don't I, was, I was keep. I was talking about doing good, and you just brought up Jamie Carragher, who epitomises Liverpool Football Club. But uh, I've talked to you about that at the time. I thought it was disgusting. Yeah, I know. I'm joking. So, what's your point? What about it? Just that now. Liverpool Football Club are a joke. Because you've just moved the conversation away. No, from let's go back. Obviously, to it. what we were doing. No, it's too <laughs> late now. <laughs> no, Sadio Mane. Um, 
just you know just uh what he does uh you know in terms of giving money investing building infrastructure um that doesn't that doesn't you know he doesn't try and draw limelight to it right no yeah there's a a lot of people not just footballers a lot of people that do that behind the scenes i think that's really really there was that have you ever seen that picture that's gone about with sodio mani and he's got his phone and the screen's broke on it yeah yeah i think it's a bit stupid but it's a nice point that highlights have you seen it it's yeah, like, well, he's oh, Sadio Mane's got a yeah. broken screen on his phone. Why is, his, why is his screen broke? Because he doesn't care enough to get it fixed. He'd rather use the money to help people. See, there's a reason I brought him up. Because <laughs> it's true. Did you um, see, by the way, on Rashford, did you see your man, and this is going to be ironic that I can't remember his name, is it Matt Hancock? <laughs> yeah, you I see mean, that says his... it all. Huh? It says it all. Is it Matt Daniel Hancock? Daniel Rashford. Pardon? Where he called him Daniel Rashford. He called him Daniel Rashford, didn't he? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, there's a there's a serious point there. Right. Like, someone's just done an incredible thing, and I know I think Matt Hancock's like he's just one of those knobs. Well, no, no, it's not even that. I just I don't think he's very smart. He's just one of those people that's just managed to get in to in the his top. defense, and I don't want to defend him, but in his defense, uh, he did get it right twice during the same conversation. Before okay, and enough. before and after, so it was only a little, it was only yeah. a little bit of a slip up. It must have yeah. been one of them when he come off and someone said to him, "You know, you called him Daniel," and he must have thought, "Oh my days, what have I done?" <laughs> oh, can I go back and re-record it, please? <laughs> uh, we've all been there. He is um, a knob, no, but I think um, it sort of points to a, a, a. So okay, fair enough. So he, he got it right two times, but you know, but but messed it up the last time. But I do think that there's some sometimes. There's something uh, around a lack of care or responsibility with names that don't sound uh, like uh, normal vernacular. So I, my name is spelled H-A-S-A-N, right? Mm-hmm. And the amount of times I get emails with double S or I used to be called Hussein. Like my, my name is not Hussein, you know, mm. like and so and and I'll correct and I'll and, and I'll do it, um, you know. And then it will come back again. And then in the past, I'd just like, just leave it. I wouldn't, you know, I'd just, just let them get on with it. But now I'll just, I'll, I'll correct, you know, because it's, it's not I, right. I want to ask you a question on that, April, right? What, what do you think somebody should do when they don't know how to say your name? How do I pronounce your name? Yeah, say that. All right, cool. Because when I do like, when I'm, D- delivering webinars right I often get names come up mm-hmm. and I want to interact with them and I, in my head I start going oh my god I don't know how to say their yeah. name yeah. and so I I give it an attempt so like with you I would go uh, is Hussein it, I would go is it Hussein Hussein and then I say have I said that right and then because I'm often interacting with people they're, they're typing in the chat I will attempt their name and then I will say I hope I've said that right Please correct me if I'm wrong. Is that is that right? A way to do? I just I would uh, I would ask, and actually I I had a conversation recently with somebody and I wasn't sure and I did what you did and I did it twice and I got corrected and I felt like an idiot. And what actually, did you say I, though? I'm not sure how to say your no, name. No, 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 no. I didn't. I just I just went with what I thought was what it how it should be pronounced and, yeah. I, and I didn't get it right. And so I think, uh, but I knew that I should check 
before you know yeah. going in and I didn't I just we just rolled into conversation it must so be I frustrating always... because I I know it's like people often call me leg end and I have to correct them that it's not a gut it's a ju it's a ju sound <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Joshua <laughs> that's not my name so I know my, I say my name's this happens to me I say oh, my name's Josh and they go oh is um is it actually Joshua and I go no and they go yeah but what's on your birth certificate and I go it's just Josh on my birth certificate <laughs> I get that all the time. Sorry, I interrupted you rudely. No, no, no. That's Hussein. it. That's, that's, that's the end of the segment. What, <laughs> what's next? Uh, <laughs> I reckon we're probably, I don't know. We're, it, it, yeah. it, is there anything else that's happened this week? That Anything else that you've seen come up that you thought, you know what, we need to talk about that? No, I think we've covered everything that's happened in the world this week. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, no, bring, I don't, I wanted to yeah. bring Rashford up. Um, because I just, I think it's incredible what he's done. Oh, I did want to ask you, right, go back to the race thing, right? I, and just to, 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 a slightly difficult conversation. You know the, 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 like, Little Britain, they've had some of the episodes, they've cut some of the episodes of Little Britain, they've cut some from uh, Faulty, Faulty Towers. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, and there's been some other shows that are cut, but they're the two that I can think of. What do you think about that? It's the same as a statue thing. Like, you know, like, it, it, like, it was... It's kind of irrelevant in the, in the larger context. In the bigger, in the bigger, in in the the bigger, bigger picture. picture. Do you think um, that some people on the right have, have done that? I'm going to go back into the conspiracy theories here. What, that they're just trying to stoke up the... To get everyone angry. Now, actually, the, the, the Basil Fawlty, the Fawlty Towers one, uses the N-word. And I don't think he uses it in a very nice way. Are you? Was you offended? Like, does he? I don't does think he? it's him that uses it, but the N words used in it in the uh-huh. in a certain episode. Um, were you offended not by how rubbish Little Britain was? Because I know it was rubbish. Right, I thought it was rubbish anyway. It was like three sketches just repeated over and over again. Um, were you as a as a as a brown man? Right, were you offended when you? Watched it. Just a genuine question, with not loaded. You just made a massive assumption there. What the? To, what? I watched Little Britain. I have no idea. Oh, you've never seen it. I might. I saw. What like, about the, the other one then? I've just remembered, which was uh, Bo Selector. Yeah. I like at the time. I was. I, I think I was saying this to you, or maybe I was saying it to someone. Else. I remember at the time thinking, "Oh, that's like." That I remember something thinking, oh, that's like that sort of blown up, sort of stereotypical, um, negative connotations or features. But, but I thought it was it was just it was more painful just to see, like you know, Craig David being taken the mick out. I just thought it was a bit relentless and it wasn't very nice. But actually, as I think about it now, it's exactly right to be remorseful for that stuff. It's like you know because. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I never really found it funny, but actually, no, if, I never if, if you look at the, either. if you look at what he's done there, he's, you know, he, he, he did, he did, he blew up, uh, you know, features that uh, are, that have always been banded about around black people, right? Yeah, you know? never thought of it and, in that context. And, uh, that, you know, n- like negative, uh, like animations and cartoonography and all that sort of stuff from the 50s 60s 70s you used to always do that stuff so i don't think it was genuinely intended i think he was just trying to 
you know do his show but that's that's the big part of the problem that's the that thing we've been that's the thing about. that's 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 the that's the whole thing, thing. Yeah. so um so yeah you know i think we should be i mean look we need a study and we need to and we we need to understand and we need to understand the impact on people i didn't know the the, the n word was used i thought it was just you know it was about you know a 70s uh show with a guy talking about winning the war and that sort of stuff um, so I can understand that that might uh, offend German people. But right now, in the scheme of things, um, it takes us away from the conversation about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's not important to address the impact on German people, if that was the thing. But, you know, my philosophy is... Um, Josh is always you know, right. Other than that, which is very... I rarely think about that. Um the the you know like it's important to understand the past but there's not a lot you can do about the past yeah there's like you you can't unwrite it mm. but you can etch the future you mm. can define the future you can influence the future you can put all of your energy into making sure that the children and their children's children and their children's children don't have to live in a world where some of this blatant racism or not so blatant racism, you know, it, it just doesn't feed society in their lifetime as it does, as it has done ours. Mm. So it's important to look at that and, and try and do some correction if it's necessary, but not spend all your time doing that while you should be focusing on the future. That's my philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. It's good. Uh, yeah. Good. I'm glad I brought it up. I think we're at some. I think we're at reasons to be cheerful, Hass. Yes, we are. I think you should go first because I sort of gave away my reasons to be cheerful, which was Patrick Hutchinson and or Marcus Rashford. So I'm going to have to think about one. So you go first. No, I don't mind if you use them too. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind as if I'm the ruler here and I'm the one that makes you're the, the king. You're the king, king of reasons to be cheerful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, mine's football, mate. Mine is football. Uh, the fact that football's back. I fell asleep on watching the first game that yeah. I on last night. So cheerful. But, You're but, so uh, cheerful you fell asleep. <laughs> but listen, it's the fact that it's back is massive. It's a massive thing in my life. It's a massive thing in the way that I interact with people. Uh, I think it brings so many people together. Um, the fact that it's on every single night. My daughter, who's like nearly four loves sitting and watching football with me, right? Because I get animated, I think. That's why she likes it. So she's already said tonight she wants to sit down and watch the game with me. She won't watch it all, but the fact that it'll be on and, like, I I have to pretend to cheer the teams and stuff. I think it's like Exeter playing or something tonight. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that it's back, mate, I think we've been waiting a long while for it and the fact it's going to be on every day for the, for the foreseeable, I think, is a definite reason to be cheerful. Uh, okay, I will. I haven't thought of anything really, so I'm going to just uh, pick Patrick Hutchinson because yeah. I think he's just he just he just properly made me feel happy to be a human, um, and people like him and his friends and everyone else that's stepping up that isn't kind of you know isn't caught on an iconic photo, um, but you know people like stepping up and holding space and giving leadership um yeah that's a reason to be cheerful incredible and, and and he's the best way to end he's the best thing to end on 
Definitely. And Mr. Barrett. And Mr. Barrett. Sh- yeah. I should have put Mr. Barrett Let's in Let's not forget Mr. Mr. Barrett. N- an- not- another hero. Unspoken hero. If in doubt, kick it out. If in doubt, put it out. What a way I'll to end. put it out. Okay. Hopefully next week, we may potentially have a co-host. I don't know yet, but I think it's definitely something to think about. Remember, we're on Instagram at 115 miles pod and please make sure you've left a review I haven't seen any yet so make sure you're doing it and anything else to say <laughs> I wanted to leave it for you to leave one of your little bye for nows at the end that you normally do <laughs> see you again ta-ta see you again bye-bye bye 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 Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.